My brothers and sisters in Christ, I greet you in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, who is the Christ. We want to thank you for joining us again in this Bible study, Essential Faith in a Virtual World. We're excited again to have one of my dear friends, a great friend, a great brother in Christ, a great brother in the ministry, Reverend Marcus Cheeks, who is the pastor of the True Light Baptist Church here in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, he is the fifth pastor. I believe I got that right, Dr. Cheeks. Is that right? The fifth pastor. Uh, of that historic yes, church, yes. Uh, born and raised here in Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, he uh, went to the great Tougaloo College. I think we have some yes, Tougaloo's out yes. there, myself included. So he's Eagle a product of the, of the Eagle Queen. He also received a Master of Science degree uh, from Jackson State University, currently a, a Ph.D. candidate at the University of Mississippi. 
Uh, he also has a great passion for education, having uh, served as a Mississippi Department of Education for, I believe, about 14 years uh, with the federal grants program there at the Mississippi Department of Education. He has a passion uh, for, for shaping the, the minds of our young people throughout the state of Mississippi. And what a treasure he is, what a blessing he is to the people of God, to the body of Christ, and to the citizens of our state. Dr. Cheeks, welcome uh, to our, our Bible study uh, this evening. Won't you greet the people? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Buckley. Um, and it is a blessing to be able to share with you uh, on this uh, unique uh, platform of uh, sharing the gospel uh, by way of our um, virtual tools. Um, I want to thank God for you thinking enough of us to invite us to this uh, stage. And uh, we pray people will be blessed uh, by uh, the sharing of God's good news and uh, just the opportunity to be able to share and come into their hearts and homes. Um, I've, I've shared with the light, we have now um, an extended version of our sanctuary, and that now extends into um, all of our homes. It may extend into sometimes our places of work, uh, may extend into our cars, but now um, I think I heard you best say uh, the church has uh, left the building, and uh, it is some of everywhere now. So I'm, I'm excited about uh, the work that God's allowing us to do and how he's uh, helping us understand how to, to really use everything at our disposal uh, to glorify and magnify his kingdom. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we, we find ourselves using uh, everything that God has put into our hands. Uh, we started out our, uh, our year with that theme in mind about good stewardship, faithful stewardship, and, and oh, using wow. what God has placed in your hands. Little did we know uh, we we yeah. be put to the test in in this way. Uh, how how are, you, how are you faring? What what do you see uh, the body of Christ generally uh, doing in this time and 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 making that wow. transition? Wow. wow, what what a loaded what a loaded question. Um, and and I wish I could kind of uh, do one of those out of body experiences to 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 be able to talk about this uh, from a perspective of, of not necessarily being a pastor, but just being a, a child of God. Um, um, and if I talk about it from that perspective, um, I do. I have great concern. I have great concern with um, the looseness that has come about, um, the lack of concern sometimes that I'm seeing and hearing uh, as it relates to the church, as it relates to the body of Christ. And particularly, um, if I step back into my pastoral role um, as a black Baptist, um, those that have uh, found ourselves over the years finding all of our strength coming from the church, uh, many of our institutions coming from the church. I shared with uh, our membership on Sunday how the church has been the bedrock um, for implementing our lives, um, teaching our children how to speak and stand and uh, conduct themselves, um, uh, formulating uh, the shape and the look of families. Um, all of those things began in the church. Um, our men finding their place of, of value and work. Those things have began there in the church. And to now know um, that uh, the church has been deemed, particularly in this state, not as an essential location. Um, it, it does give me great concern. Um, but even with that great concern, I'm also think, thankful that God has, has given us great opportunity. Um, one of the things that I stepped forward with uh, in this season with our membership was to not miss the opportunity that God has created even in this pandemic, even in this difficult time and season. So because we are distant, um, God has shown us what real evangelism looks like. He's shown us how to break, break, break down those doors to really get into the hearts and minds of, of man and um, be able to really share the gospel um, from, a, from a heart-to-heart standpoint. He's shown us what it looks like to really care for one another and, and make contact with one another and genuinely be concerned with one another. And, and I'm thankful for that aspect of it. Um, we are we're doing a number of things here at the light to try and keep our members together. Um, we we started the process. This is the 11th week now. Uh, each and every day we are um, together at 6 a.m. in prayer. Um, and particularly here lately, we've been praying about how to come back together because we want God to show us what that looks like. You know, what is the timing? What is the mechanism in terms of how we will fellowship together? Um, he's helped us understand, and we're still seeking his face along those lines. We're providing devotionals um, that will go uh, over our social media tools. I'm not a, a big social media buff, um, but I do believe we have members and, and people that need to hear and receive the gospel by way of Facebook and um, Instagram and all those various tools. 
And then we've also um, this virtual format for worship. Um, how do we extend the sanctuary into folks' homes um, with the same fervor and fire if they were sitting in these walls? And, and that has been a work in itself. But we've, we've been able to share our services by way of YouTube Live. And that's been a blessing to see that media ministry ramp up. Um, that's not something that we've been heavily involved in over the years. But now it's a staple. Um, and it will be here and not to go away because uh, we're touching hearts and minds in places that we never thought we would. And i give you an example. Um, I have an aunt that uh, is from Mississippi, uh, a matter of fact, several aunts, that, one in Chicago, another one in Maryland. They never had the opportunity to really be consistently a part of my ministry. And um, they, they are now a part of it. They're with us on, on Wednesday afternoons in Bible study, and they get to share on, on our um, services on Sunday, and, and I get feedback from them. Um, so it's been a blessing along those lines. So it's, with great concern, I also have the, the blessing of seeing great opportunity. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, the, I, I think all of us, the church um, and church leaders are being pushed and stretched and pulled, some of us, uh, in, in, in ways that we never thought we, we necessarily would. And, um, um, you know, it's, it's, it's causing us to rethink how we do church, to rethink um, the, the mode, the methods, the methodologies. But thank God that the message never changes, and I think that's a great segue uh, into into tonight's uh, lesson. That that the message, and as you already talked about, the uh, uh, our mission to evangelize um, uh, that that has not changed. How we do it changes. We're not necessarily knocking on doors right now, but uh, but yet the gospel yet knocks upon the doors of the hearts of men. And so tonight, uh, I'm delighted to. Uh, that, that you're the lecturer to talk to us tonight about salvation uh, or soteriology, I, I guess is the, uh, the theological term uh, that we want to uh, delve into tonight. And so, uh, Reverend Cheeks, I want to give you the floor, uh, and uh, we'll come back and have some dialogue. All right, all right. Thank you. Thank you again. Let's have, let's have a word of prayer as we, we begin this uh, conversation here tonight. Eternal Father, God, we again just thank you uh, for the privilege of being able to share your good news. Lord God, we invite you into our heart, into our mind, and we encourage you, O oh God, right now to um, arrest our spirit. Help us, O oh Heavenly Father, to be able to understand and share the things that you would have said. And not just share it, O oh Heavenly Father, let it touch some soul, O oh God, that they might act and begin to live a manner uh, that's more holy and acceptable unto you. Lord, we thank you here tonight for this blessed time. We thank you for Pastor Buckley and the Cade Chapel family. Thank you, God, for all of those that may be a part of this experience. Lord, we bless your name. In that Sunday name we do pray. Amen. 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 If, if I could begin um, our conversation with that mouthful full of, of um, the theological term in terms of the study of salvation um, and looking at um, the, the work of salvation, that term soteriology, um, and, and I just want to leave that on your heart and mind if nothing else, as a teaser to cause you to want to go and see what in the world is, is Pastor Cheeks talking about? How in the world did we get to the point of having a discussion about uh, salvation and having such a mouthful to come along with it? But one of the things that I've, I've um, in, in preparing for uh, tonight's lesson, one of the things that kept rising to the top was um, how uh, salvation itself really shows up as an umbrella. And, and under that umbrella, there's so many elements and pieces that come along with us knowing and understanding what it means to be saved, what it means to have Christ as our perpetuation, as the one that has atoned for us and died for all of our sins and really paid a price for us that we could not pay for ourselves. And then how does that transfer into our own living and actions and lifestyles? What are the things that we should be doing and experiencing to know that we are saved, to know that uh, God has touched our hearts and touched our minds and spirits, and we're now moving into that new walk. Paul said become new creations according to now this new standard of living that we found ourselves in. So when you see that large umbrella of salvation, um, what I want you to understand tonight is that there are, are a number of mechanisms that fall under that of that preview of salvation that I want us to really talk about. Um, this study of salvation um, really begins by us having a, a real clear picture of what faith uh, looks like. 
um, faith and um, faith and grace, I guess, are the two pieces that can couple themselves together. Um, yes, we know. We know, according to Romans 10 and 9, that uh, when we confess with our mouth and when we believe in our heart, confess with our mouth, the Bible says we shall be saved. One of the things I've taught for a number of years is the fact that it's more than just um, a profession of belief. Because it's upon that profession that some strange, some unique, some beautiful things begin to happen in the life of a believer. Um, in, in many ways, in many ways, um, we've all experienced, we've all uh, seen uh, in our days of coming up in the old church uh, where uh, the word of God has gone forth. And as that word of God has gone forth, uh, the um, opportunity, the casting of the net, the invitation is extended. And some, some um, uh, seasoned leader, deacon, pastor, brother of the church comes forward with a chair. And there's that opportunity for us to go and make that public confession. And we've seen that. We've done that for a number of years. And the truth be told, there are many that will see that as the line of success. I've taken the chair. Now I know I'm saved and I'm all right. And truth be told, for lack of deep understanding, never come back to that conversation about salvation. But if we really look at salvation, salvation says that we are believing in God. We've accepting him as our Lord and our Savior, which now says that our faith is growing. And, and because that faith is growing, because we now understand who God is, we want to live for him. We want to live according to his word. Acts 4 and 12 says that there is salvation in no one else for there is no other name under heaven given among, among men by which we must be saved. So believing in Jesus Christ gives us a critical piece, gives us the element, gives us the substance of our salvation. But it's not just that belief, because it's when we believe in him, we also become a part of his household, become a joint heir with Christ Jesus. And I don't know about anybody else's home, but my children, my three boys that are part of the part of the Cheeks household, um, it was a running joke in, in when they were small. I would oftentimes would send them out to school, and I'd say, "Remember that you are Cheeks," and and I wanted them to know that because when they got outside of the walls, I wanted them to realize that they're not just representing themselves and their own behavior in that classroom; they're now representing Daddy and Granddaddy and Great Granddaddy. And anybody else that comes along with that name. And sometimes I think that's what we miss in salvation is that when we've confessed to be a part of this kingdom, this body of Christ, that we've taken on a new name. And that new name is now representing someone greater, someone mightier than all of us combined. There are some pieces in this, um, this aspect of faith and, and grace that um, I also want to just continue to just sprinkle out there under this umbrella. Um, there is a, there's a transition of heart because when we, when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart, then the awakening of the Holy Spirit that's already there inside of us comes alive. And, and if we're not careful, we will, we will miss the fact that that awakening of the Holy Spirit that God has placed inside of all of us is, is then there to guide us and direct us and help us through this path of, of life. In many instances, I think we take the Holy Spirit as a, as a um, check and balance system after the fact. When the truth be told, Jesus preparing to, to leave his disciples, he said he was going to leave them the spirit of truth as a helper which meant they needed to consult with that spirit of truth before they did anything. And just think of how life would be different if we stopped and, and got the okay of the Holy Spirit, the direction of God in our lives, if we were able to move and should we move or should we make that decision. But when we're saved, we, we use the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit then becomes our guide. It is the instrument, the lead instrument of our belief and our confession. 
And yes, there are some other components that fall under that umbrella because for me to grow in that Holy Spirit, for that Holy Spirit to grow inside of me, I have to have the Word of God. And that brings us, that brings us to a point in time that we made earlier about how important it is that the church remains stable, that we continue to minister to the hearts and minds of the people of God because it is the gospel, it is the word of God that continues to strengthen that belief and strengthen that faith walk, strengthen that understanding that you have about God and what it is that God does and doesn't do in all of our lives. Uh, I said earlier in John 14 and 17, this spirit of truth um, who led all into truth, is what we have to continue to allow to be our director, our, um, our, our guide, the one that energizes us and causes us to continue to move forward in, in life. So being saved in itself is not just a, a moment in time in, in our youth and young days when maybe the, um, the, the feeling, the expression, the moment in time caused us to move. But being saved is a lifestyle. Being saved is a transition of life. It is, it is moving from not just a, a period in time where I know God, but I actually have a love for God. And that requires um, understanding the gospel. It requires receiving the word of God. There's some pieces that also come along with this thing called salvation that I want to uh, bring to our attention. Um, one is an element, a term called justification. Because the truth be told, uh, we're all sinful. We've all been uh, shaped in iniquity. So how do we get to the point of being right with God? Well, that goes back again uh, to that term of gospel, to the word of God. So, so I'm, I'm, to, I'm to have the word of God feed my heart, feed my mind, continue to feed my spirit so that I can be made right by God. In other words, being justified. There's something else that happens in this thing of, 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 of salvation um, called redemption, keeping in mind that when I'm saved, I'm publicly confessing that Christ is my Lord and my Savior, meaning I'm now willing to um, turn away from the world and turn toward God. Again, all of these things come along with salvation, and absent us uncovering the depth and breadth of our love for God will stop at that one moment in time of taking the seat. But the true freedom of life, the true freedom of, of being with God and being um, a part of this um, body of Christ is knowing that God has paid a price for your life. And, and if you love God, and you have a true desire to serve him, and, and that love is continuing to grow in your heart because you, you're receiving his word, you understand how he's leading and guiding and directing in your life, <clears throat> then you understand that God has, has been your atonement. He's paid a price for you, and, and then in turn, because of grace, given you a gift of eternal life. So we get into sometimes these quandaries and these confusing conversations about, well, whether or not I'm saved, once saved, always saved. And, and the truth of the matter is, I tell people all the time, once I'm saved, it is a continuous growth process in my life. Yes, I'm going to continue to want to be drawn closer to God. I'm going to continue to want to see my life being transformed by the word of God. I'm going to continue to desire to see the face of God and see him smile upon my life. Now, the confusing part about that is there are many that will argue, well, in order for God to be blessing you, good things have to be coming in life. Well, I would argue that God has been blessing us even in the midst of this pandemic. And, and he's been blessing us because he's drawn us closer to him. In some, in many respects of life, God has to put us into a pathway where tests and trials draw us closer to him. And for those that are saved, those that have confessed him as their Lord and their Savior, they have the word of God that sustains them and encourages and uplifts them, even in times of test and trial. So this, this faith walk, this aspect of salvation, um, it will be continuous until the day of the Lord returning. 
but it's also a continuous growth. It's a continuous getting better. It's a continuous movement of away from this world and closer to God. What I've essentially explained in this continuous getting better is called sanctification. Because the true process of consecrating our hearts and our minds comes about when we see the, the ability of God's word to not only transform us, but then desire us to be drawn closer to him. And the more that word convicts us, the more that word corrects us, and, and, and Paul told Timothy to let it reprove and rebuke you, the more that happens, the closer you will find yourself coming and being a part of this body of Christ. Um, I, I think Titus, um, the book of Titus, kind of puts a, a bow on this conversation about, um, of, about salvation. In uh, Titus um, chapter 3, verse 5 through 8, you hear, you hear the, the writer saying, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit, whom he had poured out on us generously through Christ Jesus, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. That's ultimately where we're wanting to get to. That's the goal and desire of every believer is to get to that point in time of having eternal life. If you want to see this um, kind of manifest itself and really be exposed in action, Christ um, on his way to Calvary's cross, matter of fact, there at Calvary's cross, in the last days of the last moments of his life, his earthly life, um, he was engaged there with a number of people. And in the book of Mark, Mark chapter um, Mark chapter 15, I believe I have that right. Mark chapter 15, that is a centurion soldier that begins to exclaim that this must be the Son of God. And one verse, in, in a lot of ways, you know, um, for many of us, has no really weight. Christ is dying. Why do you want to talk about a centurion soldier? But the deeper study of that text reminds us of just who it was and what it was this man's words did about his salvation. Because salvation is showing us a transfer of life, shows us a confession and a commitment unto God. And this centurion soldier has seen many people dying on crosses. He had seen many people executed and put to death. But he had not seen the sun refuse to shine. He had not seen the earth rocking and reeling until the old preacher would say gave up its, its graves. He had not seen and experienced a humble death on a Roman cross. And because of what he experienced with God, he confessed at the point in time that he thought it was all said and done that this must be the Son of God. This centurion soldier does something for us in this text that I'm convinced that happens to each and every one of us at some point in time in the pathway of salvation, which is when we truly, truly come into the realization that God is God. And it may not always be on the heels of some tragic situation. It may be on the heels of, of maybe getting through some process, some pathway that you thought was impossible to accomplish, but because you came to the realization that it was God and Christ, his, his son, that brought you to that point in time, now you know life is different. Now you know you are saved. This centurion soldier exemplified a public confession, and others, the Bible says, were in awe of the fact that there was, he was saying these words at the point in time of death of our Lord and Savior. Listen, it is good, my brothers and sisters, to understand that Christ has paid a price for you. 
it's good to know that his grace and his mercy, his unmerited favor are, are available to you uh, for your continuous growth in his holy word. It is good to know that I've got the word of God that sustains me and feeds my heart and mind each and every day. And yes, causes me to become more and more pure like Christ as I study his word. It's good to know those things. But the driving factor of each and every one of our lives ought to be our love for Jesus Christ. And that love has to come about and be birthed in us because of a sincere relationship. So salvation goes beyond just taking a chair, I believe, Dr. Buckley. I believe it goes beyond just um, being in the, in the feeling on a Sunday morning in the midst of, of, of a good sermon. I believe it goes to the core of who we are, who you are, and your realization of what God is doing in your life at that point in time. There's some other areas that we probably could spend time talking about, um, birth and rebirth, baptism. All of those pieces come along with that. But at the end of the day, it's the realization. It's the confessing with one's mouth and believing in one's heart. That will cause you to be saved. And it's on that confession that you begin to live a new life. You become a new creation. You become something greater and better than what you could ever imagine because the gospel is feeding your heart and your mind. So I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you uh, to just um, stay true to who you are. Stay true to the fact that Christ has died for your sins and that one day he'll be returning. And your true evidence of that salvation will be eternal life uh, that God has provided for all of those that are part of his household, part of his kingdom. God bless you all. Well, wonderful, wonderful. Well, listen, let's, uh, let's engage in a little dialogue now if we could. Um, okay, okay. Because you, you, you've unpacked a lot, of, a lot of scriptures and a lot of terms uh, that I think um, uh, those who, who have who have uh, been churched or been a part of the church for some time have, have heard at some point in their Christian life uh, justification, yeah. uh, sanctification, propitiation, redemption, uh, all terms that, that, that if, we, if we can't define them, we at least have heard of them. Uh, heard but, right. but, but let me go back. Let's go back to where you started. You, you started with that scripture out of Romans, um, the name of Jesus, where the, no other name. Yeah. No other name. I want to. I want us to look at that for just a second, um, particularly in the context of 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 where we are now. Right? It's it's um, it's such a big world uh, that that yet is compressed by by the world wide web. We we can yeah. see so much and and hear so much and be exposed to so much. And yeah. some 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 would say now. Um, are we as as believers? Are we as Christians uh, being too arrogant in in our belief to 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 say that uh, it's Jesus and Jesus only? It's that name and that name only. When when the world is so so much larger than than our Christianized Westernized uh, thinking, uh, how how do we grapple with that? Um, in, in the midst of in the midst of such a large world and pluralistic uh, society, right? Well, one one of the things that um, uh, we we encourage our members to do oftentimes, particularly when we get into uh, quote unquote doctoral conversations, is is to be respectful respectful of the views and positions of brothers and sisters, regardless of where they are and regardless of where they may be coming from. And I find that necessary because the truth of the matter is our God is a God of love. And at the end of the day, in every aspect of Christ engaging with those that did not believe or did believe, he engaged them with love. So, so that's, a, that's a primary area, I think, a starting point. And then for our own understanding, one of the things that I, I have um, continued to stand on very solidly, solidly is the fact that as a believer, I believe in the word of God. I believe um, that it was in the beginning that God spoke things into existence. And that same Logos shows up there in the book of John and describes to us that this breath now is the living word that sits before me in these pages. 
So, so when I see the word of God, I have to be clear and trust and believe in the word of God. Because the truth of the matter is, God shall not lie. His promises shall come to pass. His truths are truths. Um, and this was a concern also So as Christ was departing, um, as he was leaving and sending the Holy Spirit as a helper to his disciples. That was a great concern there still that they would get caught up into these false teachers and get caught up into um, words that would be misconstrued and, and turned differently. But Christ said to them, this is the spirit of truth. God's word is true. So in as much as many may disagree, um, we don't disagree in love. We, we, dis we, we disagree in love, but we don't, we don't minuscule and minimize and throw away those that may not understand and believe in the same walk and way that we believe. Um, I think it was Paul that um, also encouraged us not to get too far into vain babbling, you know, into those conversations that lead to nowhere. At the end of the day, um, Christ is our Lord and our Savior. And there's only one way that we can be saved, and that is through Christ Jesus, through hearing his word and understanding and living according to his teaching. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, it's, um, I, I think that's critically important to, to hear and, and for that to be affirmed. And I say that, I say that Pastor Cheeks, because um, we're, we're, we're living in some strange yeah. days right now where even even in pulpits, even in mm -hmm. churches, Baptist churches even, yes, um, that there is a, a, a much more liberal thinking um, about, about salvation and what does it mean to say Jesus is the way, the way, a way, or the only way? How do you deal with that? <laughs> well, let, let, me go, let me go back again um, to, to the text. Um, in, in, in Luke chapter 1, uh, verse 69, there are odd place to go with the text, but uh, the Bible says, and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. In, in this text, in this text, we hear baby Jesus being acknowledged as the horn of salvation. Now, if, if, we, if we look at the, the study on that one, the horn on any animal is viewed as a moment of power, a moment of light, a moment of understanding. Christ came into this world to enlighten us and to give us a deeper understanding of the work of his Father. And, and he made it very clear that he came to save the lost. That was his purpose. That was his divine order was to save the lost. So if that's the belief, that's what the word of God identifies him as, we can't waver back and forth as to who it is or how we might be saved because we're wanting to make it palatable to those that may live outside of the will of God. The the problem we've run into here lately is that there are so many that are allowing everything but trusting the word to lead them through their everyday lives, and and we as pastors have to we have to make very public stances in trusting God's word. Um, we have to be very very um, clear about not just um, teaching and preaching the gospel, but we've got to live according to that word and. If we're going to have faith, um, the description that Paul offered there in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. I can't be trying to see my way through everything. <laughs> I've got to let God um, materialize based on my belief that he has the ability to do any and everything, whether he does it or not. And that's where our faith comes in. Our members need to see they need to see our faith walk. They need to see, I hear people using this term all the time, I want to show you my heart. Well, don't just show me your heart. Show me you walking according to the word of God. And, and that's not just in good times, that's in bad times, that's in times of doubt, times of uncertainty. You know, truth be told, I don't have all the answers. 
Uh, we, we're in a pandemic, and in this pandemic, we have, um, I'm sure you, like I and many other pastors, have wrestled with some very difficult decisions. Not coming to church? <laughs> That's the core of who we are, you know? There are some people that are relishing in the fact that they can lay down on Sunday morning and, and flip from channel to channel and see different preachers, and if they're not saying something that tickles their emotion, they turn off and go a different direction. But if you truly love God, you have made up in your mind to serve him in the best way possible unto you. And that's what we have to do is put our very best foot forward to serve God. And because we love him, then, then we know we can trust what it is he's saying and what it is he's doing. And that has to be put on display. has to be. Yeah. So, so you've dealt a little bit then with the who of salvation. Let, let's maybe look at the what of salvation. Um, because some would say, and, uh, you know, I hear it all the time, that that even the term salvation rubs people sometimes Mm. the wrong way. Saved Mm. from what? What, From from what am I being saved? And, and of course, that brings up, up, uh, you know, I'm thinking particularly about um, um, uh, the the Pearson, Carlton Pearson sort of... that 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 evolution of a of a Pentecostal preacher uh, who who now you know is is much more universalist in in his theology and and, and doctrine um, because of this idea of salvation and and, mm-hmm. and 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 what is what am I ultimately being saved from? Yeah, yeah. You talk so, a little bit about so, that. So, so when we when we think, um, and, and it's um, interesting that you you mentioned Carlton Pearson. Um, just just um, three four weeks ago, I got a, a text from one of my members one Sunday afternoon, and they were asking me if I was if I had watched some show on YouTube, and I, I can't remember the exact name of it right now, but it's a it's a, a life depiction of Carlton Pearson and how he found himself at the pinnacle of his ministry beginning to question who was God and and whether or not God being a just God um, would would save any and everybody. The the one thing that um, helps me in my faith walk is knowing that God is God and I'm not God, which means I'm not going to have the answer, the understanding to everything that God does. However, his word still remains true. When we think about salvation, Christ had to come in order to be the sacrifice for our sinful lives. Yes, yes, sin had, has shown up into this world because of man's failure to be obedient to God's word. So now when we start thinking about being saved, it's necessary for me to be saved um, simply because in order for me to have entrance into the kingdom of God, I have to confess, I have to believe that I have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, well, what if I get into situations that Carlton Pearson was clearly dealing with in this thing? There were there were all kinds of implications of sinful lifestyles and and sin being sin. You can call sin uh, from the lying to sin to adultery, sin to homosexuality. It still surmounts to being sin. It is it it is sickening to the to the nostrils of God. So here it is, Pearson is now wrestling with this thing. If God is such a gracious God, how is it that he has saved these folks in a foreign land that don't even know him? But now here it is, I've got a brother or sister that knows of him, but he can't save them in their sinful pathway. You remember early on we talked about salvation being a process of growing and awakening of that Holy Spirit that's in us that causes us then to live more holy and acceptable unto God. Well, what is God? It is his word. So I'm being saved. I'm being made whole and being pulled away from the sins and things of this world to be made more holy and acceptable unto God. And we underestimate, I think, sometimes the power of sin. Sin will make you think you're right when you're doing wrong. And that's where we are. Sin creates a mindset of 
normalizing society or this is a norm for the people. So now that must be right because everybody is doing it. Well, our right or wrong comes from the truth of the gospel. That's why he told his disciples he was leaving them with the spirit of truth. And that spirit is what has to continue to be unearthed, unawakened in our hearts and minds by hearing and receiving the gospel, the gospel of truth. And there's no extremes in that gospel. You know, the, the wrestling match that Pearson was seeing was that, again, he was not seeing the walk um, and the talk lining up. So now, because I'm not seeing this and I'm not fully understanding that, now I've got some confusion there. And that's where many of our brothers and sisters have found themselves, well, how do I deal with sin when I've got, I've got um, a lifestyle of my mother, father, grandfather, grandmother came up in a broken home? How do I deal with sin when, when it is so hurtful, so painful, that, that I just can't push that out of my mind? How do I deal with things that are so detrimental to who I am that now this is just who I believe God has created me to be? I'm convinced still that our God is a God of love, and our God has the wisdom and understanding that we need to be able to be drawn closer to him when we simply seek his face. So knowing, knowing God is the key. Knowing God is the, the foundation. Knowing God is what opens up the truth and the evidence of salvation in all of our hearts and our minds. And uh, sometimes we, we get really worried about well, if they're saved or that's saved. At the end of the day, we all will have to answer to God. Scripture argues that every word and deed that we have done will become, for, become judgment before God. So, you know, our job is not to put any particular person in heaven or hell. Our job is to live to the best of our understanding and knowledge to the word of God. And that's where our truth comes in. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think, and, and you've stated it well, I think one of the other uh, primary struggles of Pearson was the, his concept of hell. And, yeah. and how, do you, how do you answer for a God, a loving God, who, who condemns people to an eternal hell? Yeah. Um, and and, and I, I, I like the way you've answered that, though, because your answer was not so much about Save being saved from hell as much as it was about being saved from a lifestyle, being saved yeah. from sin itself. Yeah. That's yeah. that's what I hear you say. Yeah, yeah. And and the reason the reason I say that that Pastor Buckley is because our God is a God of grace, and and being a God of grace, His unmerited favor has bestowed salvation to those that believe. Now. Um, yes, we'd like, to, we'd like to tease out what that will look like. How is that going to materialize? But in some instances, that, that's where we have to simply begin to trust that God is God and his word is still true. Um, I'm, I'm oftentimes um, encouraged by um, challenging conversations of this nature because what they cause me to do is dig deeper into the word. Dig deeper for that understanding, deeper for that guiding light, that path that, that God ultimately will lead us to, to seeing uh, what it really means to live that life um, acceptable to him. Because that's what it ultimately boils down to, is being acceptable to God, um, being a servant, a willing servant of God. And last time I checked, uh, servants don't make their own pathway. Servants don't, don't figure out what direction they're going or what they serve, and they serve with a loving heart. And that's ultimately what uh, we have to find ourselves um, in the midst of. Yeah. So uh, just to maybe a couple of other, other thoughts, you know, um, it, it's interesting that, that salvation, um, something so, so, so fundamentally bedrock to Christian doctrine um, has so many viewpoints and perspectives um, even from some of the, the, the learned scholars and theologians um, yeah. um, I, I remember it was um, I think Easter of last year when um, right around the Easter, Easter tide time when um, the president of 
of New York uh, Theological Seminary um, um, came out and was basically saying, well, listen, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe um, in, in a lot of the things that, that, that traditional Christians, Orthodox Christians, would say is absolutely fundamental to the faith. Uh, some of the things that she, she talked about was, well, you know, uh, did, did, did Jesus have to have to have a literal death on a cross for us to be saved? Um, uh, was is a virgin birth necessary for us to be saved? All, all of those things that, that we have sort of, you know, put our, our, our theological hats on, hang our theological hats on, um, are being question, and I, I shouldn't say it's new, but it's definitely uh, more audible uh, than, than it has been in the past. How do you think that is affecting uh, where, where believers are today and, and, and our role as pastors, um, you know, who, who are going to seminaries, and yet at the head of these seminaries are oftentimes uh, these, these confusing thoughts? Yeah, yeah. So, so we we also have to realize, Pastor Buckley, that we're dealing with um, different generations. Um, I think I saw this on display greatest um, in the recent uh, episodes of of The Last Dance uh, with uh, Michael Jordan and how um, they've shown you know back and forth of his his career at different spots and times. There, there was something that was said in, in one of the series is where they, they talked about how Michael's attitude about playing basketball was very matter of fact. It was all he focused on. And he worked extremely hard not just to um, be a, a, a good basketball player, but to also make those around him equally as good or better. He was able to do that because the the era that he came up in was more of a body of people that will accept what was said and then act accordingly. We now live in a generation that wants to know the answer to the question of why. Why do I need to um, be saved? Why do I need to trust the God that is materializing in the 66 books of the Bible. Why is the question? And I'm convinced the answer to that why has to continue to be substantiated in the life and lifestyle of those that are perpetuating the gospel. We have to continue to stand on the word of God. We have to continue to trust God's word as the truth we know it to be. And we have to continue to live Live those lives that are acceptable to God. We've, we've abandoned the power of the gospel. We've abandoned the power of the word of God doing what God has ordained it to do. So as, as preacher pastors, we have to continue to um, um, dig deeper. We have to continue to seek God's presence. Um, in recent weeks, I've, in my own study, I've, I've spent time looking at how to how to better um, understand the text, and not just understand it as it might relate to us today, but understand it as it related to those that were hearing it at that day and time. Because if I can get the picture of what Paul was meaning and saying to the church at Ephesus and how they were responding to it then, then my prayer is that God will help me have a better understanding of how to help these seekers, these people that now want to know why, have a better understanding of who he is and what he's doing. So the, the key is still standing on the word of God. The key is still um, making disciples and, and generating others that will help hear and understand that the word of God is true. This pandemic is testing our mantle. It is challenging us to hear it differently, how we spread the gospel, how that word of God is designed to, to meet the needs of those. It is challenging us to walk a life of Christ Jesus. And, and the truth of the matter is, I think there was an article in Sunday, the Saturday's paper, where the article basically said God has, has hit us with his divine two by four. And we all will have to make a decision based on that strike. 
either we're going to wake up and continue to follow Christ or we're going to continue to move in a direction further and further away from him. And I'm just faithfully believing that the word of God, where he declarifies that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church, that we have a great work in front of us, but the work is in still continuing to spread the gospel. And when that gospel goes forth, it will do what it has been ordained to do. God says it will not return void. It will accomplish what it is designed to accomplish. So we have that responsibility to keep preaching and teaching the gospel. And at the end of the day, the people of God will have to make that decision when they receive that divine blow from God. Yeah. Well, Pastor Cheeks, there may be someone listening tonight um, uh, with the question uh, that, that, that was raised uh, to Jesus uh, many years ago. What must I do to be saved? Hmm. Um, can you lead somebody uh, into the answer for that? Yeah, 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 yeah. My my um, my first um, and simple uh, response is to take you back where we began. Um, confess and believe. And um, when when we um, recognize the distant void that we're in, away from God then we turn away from that darkness and turn to the light, turn to Christ and ask him for that forgiveness. Ask him to awaken the Holy Spirit that's residing inside of you and begin to seek his face through his word. That word of God is still very powerful. We have to have a daily dose of the word of God, just like we do the nourishment for our bodies. We have to feed our spirits, feed our souls. And in that feeding, you'll begin to grow. You'll get stronger. You will accept him. You'll see God moving and super moving in your life. And the more you see God moving in your life, the more he will awaken the desire for you to tell somebody else about Jesus Christ. Ford Motor Company never goes away from making cars. That's their business. Yes, they will have to adjust they're going to have to adjust the engine. They'll have to adjust the body styles. But at the end of the day, they will continue to make cars. Christians, believers in the word of God, have to continue to stand on the gospel. That's our business. That's our calling. That's what God has allowed us to do in this space and time of life. Pray for God. Talk to him. Talk to him just as easily as you see me talking to you. Seek his face in his word, and he will save you. He'll bring you into that marvelous light that will allow you to know that he's still on his throne. God bless you. I want to thank you, Pastor. If you if you would be so kind, um, why don't you? Why I mean, you you've explained it well. You've explained the scripture well. I want to give you the opportunity to, to lead someone actually to salvation. If you mind praying for someone uh, right now yeah. who wants wants to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Would you yeah. pray offer that prayer, please? We will. We will. We will. Lord God, we have paused here again this blessed evening. Father, just to give you glory and honor for what it is that you have done in all our hearts and our minds. Lord, we pray this hour for my brother, my sister, that may be wrestling with the things of this world, O oh God. Let them understand how to simply yield their mind, body, and soul to you, O oh God. Confess their belief in you, O oh Heavenly Father. And as they confess that belief, O oh God, give them the strength and the power to turn away from their wicked ways. Lord, it is on the humble confession of you being Lord in our lives that the light comes on, O oh Heavenly Father, that the newness of life begins to take hold to us, O oh God. And, Father, once they've received that unction, that desire to seek your face, O oh God, let them find a way in some Bible-believing church, O oh God. And the reason we say Bible, O oh God, because we know the word of God is you, and your word is true, dear Father. But we need you here today to help my brothers and sisters that are wrestling with all kinds of devices of this world, O oh God. 
Let them realize, Master, that you are still on your mighty throne. You are still able to overcome homosexuality. You're able to come abuse and misuse, O oh God. You're able to overcome the one that has a divided tongue and, and does not always know the right thing to say, God. Lord, we pray this hour that you would help them have some disciple of Christ come alongside them and just be that guiding post, be that, that encouragement, be that source of strength that they need to stay near your word. And, Father, we pray tonight that this will be a defining moment that this time and moment that they have accepted you as their Lord and Savior, that their life will never be the same again, that putting their hand into your hand, O oh God, will change them forever. Lord, we again love you here tonight. We bless you and praise you for what you've done in the life of those that are to come. In thy son's name I pray, amen. 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 Right. God bless you. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Listen. If you prayed along with Pastor Cheeks and if you're ready to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, I want to invite you to call the number that's at the bottom of your screen right now. There are counselors there waiting to talk with you, waiting to tell you the next steps that you will take in order that you will now live out and grow out the faith uh, that Pastor Cheeks has been talking about all night tonight. And we want you to fellowship with us because we are a Bible-believing church. And we yeah. will be glad to have you as our brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen. Go ahead and call that number right now. Somebody's waiting to talk to you right now. Amen. Amen. Listen, I also want to remind UK Chapel uh, that we will be celebrating uh, communion on this coming Sunday. Uh, you can stop by the church uh, between the hours of 10 and 1 p.m., 10 a.m. and 1 p.m., on Friday and Saturday of this week to pick up your communion cups. Our deacons will be there to, uh, offering them to you. Amen. And so we want you to come out. Make sure you get that so you can celebrate the Lord's Day with us on this Sunday. Also, reminder, we kicked off our online uh, Sunday school on this past week, and they did a fantastic job, wonderful job. So we want to remind you to go to the K-Chapel app. Uh, Sunday school starts at 8.30 a.m. They are in 30-minute uh, segments. And so there's a class for our adult, class for our in-team, class for our primary children, and then class for our smaller children as well. They are in 30-minute segments beginning at 8.30 a.m. Make sure that you do that. They're doing some wonderful teaching, innovative things, uh, particularly our young people. I was so excited to see our, our children's class. I, I, I went back and saw it again uh, just because I, I love the songs that were singing. Uh, yes, I, I enjoyed the songs. I'll, I'll, I'll admit it. Uh, but it, they're, they're doing a great job, and so you want to catch it. Also, Children's Church will be available uh, starting tomorrow, each Thursday uh, on the app. It is updated each Thursday, so parents, uh, make sure you go by our Children's Church on the app and download those lessons, download the resource pages, uh, and also the videos that are available uh, for our children. They can start doing that Thursday, and it will last uh, perhaps even through Sunday uh, uh, until until we meet again on Sunday. Uh, so make sure you do that. And then finally, this coming Sunday is also our Baccalaureate Sunday. We will be honoring our 2020 graduates on this Sunday as well. So lots of things are going on. We continue in our scattered series as well. So we look forward to seeing you on this Sunday at 11 a.m. as we salute our graduates as we give honor uh, also to the, the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. And then, of course, we just lift up the name of Jesus, who is our Lord and our Savior. God bless you. We will see you soon.